The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com, music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com. the host of my show, Topically Yours, where we bring on interesting people to talk about, and they talk about their lives, their careers, and artistic and creative endeavors. And keeping with that thought, my guest today is fiber artist Alicia Evans. Alicia is a talented person indeed. Her road to her art has taken her through a career in public relations as a former adjunct professor at CUNY a facilitator of conversation on her own creation, The Living Room Experience, where she has individuals who share their thoughts on current events and important topics that facilitate conversation. An actress, singer, and medical actress, curator, and fiber artist, Miss Evans' talents are like an ever-growing tree, the branch, which branches stretch out into many directions, benefiting her community and all willing to listen and share her wisdom. In fact, Blake Radio welcomes Miss Evans next month in hosting her own show on the Blake Radio Network, and so we're looking forward to having her join the Blake Radio family. As I said at the top of the show, Miss Evans is a master of the art of conversation, so let us welcome her to the show and get the conversation started. But before I do that, I just played for you uh, her theme song, which is called Co-op, and it was created by composer Jeff Suttles. So, Miss Evans, how are you? And tell me something about Mr. Suttles. Oh, hi. Listen, welcome, welcome. Um, um, Thank you so much for having me. Let me tell you, you know, we're in different times now, and I think ways to move forward in these times is partnering, and this gentleman, Jeff Suttles, I mean, uh, he was one of my students, and we could talk about him at length later on, but uh, in terms of the the theme music here, I mean, he's been doing music for over 20 years. He's a writer, a musician, and a social justice activist, and I uh, is also a musician in a church, 
his writing, producing, musicianship is extraordinary. Jeff Suttles, S-U-T-T-L-E-S, fabulous gentleman, fabulous. Well, we're, we appreciate his music, and we hope to hear from him in the future with more to come. Yes, But in the indeed. meantime, let me ask, let's start off the show by asking you something about your background, where you're born and raised. Tell me something about yourself. I am Brooklyn bred. I come out of the Bushwick section of New York. And uh, But now I am living on Long Island. So I've been on Long Island for uh, over 20 years now. But I grew up in um, Brooklyn, New York. Nice. Well, you must be out now by the beaches. How How is the water uh, out there and how is the snow? Let me say, it's so funny you should ask. I live on the beach. So when I'm doing any type of work, whether it's school work or doing my fiber arts, I go to the beach and and I walk the boardwalk. It's it's um, for me. It's uh, provides serenity and it's real meditative for me in terms of the work that I do during the week. Well, I think we'd all like to live near the ocean. Oh, I'm 12 minutes away and jumping for joy. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's the snow out there? Is it high? Yes, yes. We we have a lot of a lot of snow, but it is melting. And I'll tell you, I'm even at the beach during the winter. Um, I was just there over the weekend, and I I do my walk. I do my walks along the boardwalk. It's real good, real good, real therapeutic. Therapeutic. Well, I think you're very eclectic in your approach to the world, having had diverse career experiences. But did you begin your career as a publicist or something else prior to going into the publicist field? Well, I began um, my work, my career in the advertising field, and, um, and halfway through that, I was tapped to go into the public relations field, and I worked for a number of corporations, um, uh, a number of Broadway um, uh, um, professionals, uh, Savion Glover, Brenda Braxton, um, Charles Dutton, um, and then um, I wove my way over to education where all of that work that I had done for corporations and politicians and, and pharmaceutical companies, I started giving back um, by, by teaching my students the art of PR. And um, uh, about a decade ago, I started um, teaching um, uh, social media. I am one of the country's pioneers uh, in a higher, a higher ed in terms of creating a course in social media. Nice. So it's been quite a career. But, yeah, quite a career. What do the publicists do exactly? I mean, I know you write uh, press releases because I certainly get enough of them. But well, there's more to you. it than that. You know, the world is changing. So in the old days, um, the publicists would, you know, be in charge of writing the press releases and creating um, the, the brand, solidifying what that brand should look like for the media. And, you know, sitting and working with the the, the particular person about talking points and what should be said. Um, but the world has changed. So when you say PR nowadays, PR also encompasses a whole bulk of social media. You know, what, what's being said in Instagram or what are the visuals that you're putting out on Instagram, Pinterest. So I want a, a broad view of what PR is today is looking at how you are going to brand your clients, your product, and what are, what's the, going to be 
the key messaging, the focused messaging that you're going to be putting out. So it's almost like we have well, to come know, up with a new definition of what PR is all about. Well, and lately I've been looking at commercials and I don't even know what the product is. Yes, I so, saw that last night in the Super Bowl <laughs> with the Super Bowl <laughs> commercial. I'm like, well, who is that? I like the visuals, but what's going on? So um, exactly. yeah, there's lots of work to do. <laughs> and, um, you know, we need to strategize. If anything, we need to strategize with the messaging that we are putting out. And part of what you do, particularly since you also do conversations, and, mm. and you have a venue called the Living Room Experience. Tell me something about mm-hmm. the Living Room Experience. Well, the Living Room Experience started in 2001, and it's, uh, the full name is The Living Room Experience, Where Meaningful Chats Change Lives. So basically, um, I, I came up with that product, that particular, um, it's a conversation forum. Um, uh, clients were coming to me, and they wanted to, um, they wanted something different in terms of promoting their products, in terms of PR. So I started creating conversations for clients. I created conversations for pharmaceutical companies, for nutritionist companies. Um, and so what I do for corporations is actually, in the old days, travel around the country and actually create conversations around a particular brand. So let's say it's, um, you know, one of the pharmaceutical companies was coming out with a new product specifically targeting um, women. So I created a conversation around that. Um, And it was like, what your your mother never taught you, but you need to know. And um, the conversations were either small, intimate, 25 people in a living room setting, or as large as a conference um, center in a hotel but for each table, I'd set it up as a, as a living room type of situation. And in the living room, we would have authentic conversations, but it would really be surrounding a brand or what a brand is selling or the industry that the brand's in. And so I'd been doing that for, oh, goodness, about two decades. Wow. Well, you have to be an expert at, at this yes, point. Yes, yes. <laughs> but also you, you – in order to you for you to establish this kind of business, you have to pay for it, and I'm sure the the, the companies pay for it. But when you're on your yes. own, do you have to grant right to to get income or? Oh yes, you need to know how to grant right. You like I said, you need to know how to strategize your business. You need to know how to write grants. You need to know how to write um, documents so that you can get sponsorship. So it might, that, it might not necessarily be called a grant, but um, to get sponsorship, does it make sense? Um, and that is one of my specialties. Um, I want to say I've been hired because I understand how to look at the big picture, and I understand mm-hmm. who the audience is, and I understand the languaging of that particular audience. You know, um, there was an exercise I used to teach my kids in PR, and it was um, about uh, um, how would you market a toy company, right? Uh, in the past, we had Toys R Us. So if you were knowing your audience, if you were marketing to the children, you would have a different language for them. You know, get them the most popular toy. You'll be popular with your friends. The toy can jump over the moon. You know, all the things 
that a child, that particular audience wants to know. Well, it would be different for an adult. That adult is probably looking at the learning experience for the child or, you know, the safety issues for a child. So the conversations, the content, the PR for that and knowing who your audience is, is going to be a little bit different. And that's, that's what's so important about business. Know who your audience is, get into their heads, into the psychology of your audience, and be able to bond and connect on the audience's level. And I agree and I with call that it, uh, because business empathy, you know, business empathy and compassion. And also, I, I notice that certain stores pop up in neighborhoods where you know they're not going to do any business. So it's yeah. best to research, right? You you have to know your market. Oh, you have to know your market. And your you definitely have to know your market and your neighborhood. Yes, absolutely know it. And it you know it all comes together. The marketing and you need to. You know, I always say, um, folks who are starting businesses, you really need to do your homework before you jump out there and think that you are an entrepreneur. Think it through thoroughly. And if you can't think it through, you know, um, uh, then you need to hire. You need to partner with someone who understands the nature of business. Exactly. Now, let's move on to your artistic side. Not to say mm. that all we're, what we're talking about now is not artistic because it is, mm-hmm. but in terms of the the performing arts, you you act, you sing, you write, you teach, you converse, and you craft. So let's oh. let's talk about uh, how you got started in acting. We'll start with that. Well, you know, um, when I was growing up in Brooklyn, I always wanted to be on Broadway. And I still want to be on Broadway, but now Broadway's not there. But when I was growing up, I would save my um, allowance money, and I would go into Manhattan and actually audition to be on, on shows. But then after I um, got into my early 20s and had you know, um, graduated from college studying marketing and, 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 and journalism, many of the accounts I started working on were for artists. And um, even when I jumped up into my own business, I started representing artists. So I started doing the business of art, but also, you know, behind the scenes, watching what was to be done when we talk about art, you know, looking at contracts with art. But all, while I'm doing that by day, on the side, I was perfecting my craft, you know, taking voice lessons, doing um, dancing, and just connecting with the the joy of it. So it's come full um, circle around. During all of this art stuff, one of the um, art companies that I worked with, um, oh gosh, it's going on 20 years ago, was a company in in Brooklyn called Clinton Hill Simply Art, run by a woman named Loretta Brown. And she hired me to do PR, to write up press releases and profiles for all of her artists. At the time, I didn't know I wanted to be a fine artist, but I learned so much. And, you know, she was such a wonderful mentor for me. And um, over my PR career, um, I worked with um, families curating exhibitions. Um, in particular, I curated the, um, the Morrow family. They uh, came out with the jerry curl, and the um, father, the patriarch of the family, um, had a collection of hair care artifacts that date back to, you know, the 1800s. And I was able to 
uh, you know, pull together and see mm-hmm. what was in his collection. And I was able to partner him with Procter & Gamble, um, a business venture, where they actually sponsored a national tour of the, um, of the artifacts that were there. But behind the scenes, I don't know, I've always been driven back to the world of arts to the point now I am a fiber artist. Yes. Now, I wanted to and ask I know. you about that. Lloyd is a fiber artist, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are not sure what that Oh, is. so many people. So a fiber artist is one that creates art uh, using, the material, using materials, using textile, using threads. Uh, my particular um, medium is crochet, so I use yarn. And um, so I'm not sitting over here doing uh, hats and scarves. Um, When it comes to fine arts, I crochet trees. So that has become my specialty. And uh, on the side, I do some um, abstract uh, mask and abstract human forms. But my overall focus is that I crochet trees. And I am pleased to say I'm I'm celebrating uh, a decade a decade now as a fiber artist. That is wonderful. And you're involved in in certain environmental things as well. Do you show your tree art to the environmental organizations that you work with? Yes, I show I show them, you know, as I'm working on um, developing some sponsorships now. Um, what? It, uh, let me just share with you and your audience, the unusualness about my trees is that I don't just crochet green trees. I crochet trees in different colors. So you'll see my trees in red or they'll be purple or they'll be orange. And the re- one of the reasons I do it in different colors is to have people look at it and say, hey, that's a tree, but I've, I've never seen a red tree, a red crochet tree. My overall goal is to be able to, to have people see my art, and they, they stop, and it gets them to think about nature. It, if anything, I would love to, for them to start thinking about climate change and thinking about the importance of trees in our lives because we yeah. as a society have become disconnected with the value and importance of trees. So, Deirdre, uh, I find that my trees serve as a subtle advocate for the environment, and the environment is screaming. So my trees are a voice for the environment. It's a voice for people to stop, make a change, to actually go out, you know, if it can inspire folks to go out and, and, you know, work with some of the environmental groups, um, that would be great. So that's what I do, and that's what my trees do. Because too many people are cutting trees down, and trees create oxygen and purify the air. So we have to remember that, that, you know, we're polluting our air, and trees are helping. It's a cure. Yes. You know, I I do a whole workshop on, on trees where at the conclusion of the workshop, I actually create a scenario for the audience. To, to think about what we can do, what, how we uh, uh, individually or collectively, how we can step up and assist the situation that we are in. And so uh, the, the name of that forum is like When Trees Talk. Yes, and they do talk. Yes, they do. You know, and folks don't know that. Trees, you know, you can go into a forest, or you probably can even go into a place like here in New York Central Park. The roots 
speak to one another. So they're not actually having language like you and I. But what they are doing is that they're sending messages. Like if a tree dies, um, the other roots around it, uh, it's sending messages to the other tree that, you know, that tree is gone. And so now here are some of the other nutrients, and this is how we share the information. They say that, you know, you can have a mother tree who might be 100 years old. She knows where all of her children are. So if the mother tree mm-hmm. is like, you know, on this end of the forest and, and the forest ends, you know, another 50, 60, 70 miles down there, maybe that acorn um, has gone down road or gone down the river, she knows and can recognize her children and be able to send messaging. And I'm like, if trees are that intelligent to send messaging and also provide us with the uh, air that we need to breathe, there should be some reverence for them. We need to be reminded of the reverence. Well, you know, I grew up on a farm. And Ah. when people would come, when they would come to cut down the trees, Uh do you know the trees would actually scream? And scream in what manner? What do you mean? It lets out a wail when when they're being cut down. Mm, 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 mm. Wow! It's like wow, a wow. It's, it's eerie. Wow! You know, so, uh, my neighborhood. I um, live in a neighborhood that uh, has trees that separate me from the main parkway. So the main parkway might be three blocks from me, but they're trees. And so across the street from me, they are building a new home. And it's been all forestry in, in the 20 years I've been here. They just cut down all of the trees on the property. And, you know, I'm thinking in terms of if it was me, I'd leave some of the trees around the perimeter. But they just cleared out all of this land. And I know that all of that land wasn't necessarily needed for the house. And I'm kind of mourning every time I look at my front window. It's, it's just really, really, really sad. And there's, there's just no respect for the environment, and um, this has got to change. So my tree, I know. you know, really has to let the yarn speak. Let it speak. Now, with your yarn, I mean, you mm-hmm. make uh, the the picture, I guess, of the tree, but mm-hmm. how, how does mm-hmm. it, are you mounted, or uh, do you frame it, or can people buy yeah, it and hang so, it on the wall? Or? Um, so, um, well, first of all, if people want to see um, some of my work, they can see it on Instagram at Alicia Fiber Arts. That's with an S, and that's Instagram at Alicia Fiber Arts. So um, you can take a look there, and there's a ways to um, purchase from there. Um, so what I do is I actually um, I bring in some of the, the, the um, processing or the methods that I do um, from Africa. Um, I visited Africa, uh, oh, about 30 years ago, and I didn't realize until the other day somebody pointed it out. So what happens is that I actually crochet long, long strips of, of, of yarn. And so maybe I'll have three different colors. Maybe it's red, the other one's yellow, the other one's white. And so then I take these strips, and I actually sit on the floor, and it's Um, When you go to um, some African nations, and in particular Ghana, when you see artists there, they are literally on the floor creating art. So I sit on the floor, and I actually weave these strips of yarn into the shape of a tree. 
and um, and I say, and then I actually sculpt it. So it's like weaving the threads together, and then I sculpt it into a shape of a tree. And the canvas that I use to put on it, so I don't use typical white canvas. I use um, natural backgrounds like um, jute or bamboo um, or cotton. See, I, I try to make sure I keep um, as many natural elements in the creation of my trees as possible um, to, you know, maintain um, the longevity of the piece that, that's done. Well, you know, going on to another subject, the, the trees would purify the air. And, you know, the COVID virus travels by air, I understand. Mm, I wonder if yeah. trees would be instrumental in helping get rid of that virus. You know, what you, what I, are, I, I would put no doubt that? behind that. No doubt? You know, it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, because they do um, clusters of where COVID shows up. I, I wonder if, um, you know, communities that are closer to trees, you know, mm-hmm. closer to forests, uh, does that impact, you know, the rate of COVID? I mean, this is all new. Mm-hmm. We don't know, and this is just me. I am not a doctor. This is just my speculation. But I am so happy to be living across the street from a forest, okay? I'll just be quite frank with you. Well, speaking of not being a doctor, talk about your 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 uh, medical uh, ah, acting. Let me tell you, and I'm so glad you asked about that. So, you know, when you look at my life right now, it is in three areas. It is, a, it is in um, fiber arts or, you know, it's in PR education, you know, teaching. But the third area that I focus on is something called medical acting. So what I do, and I'm with um, a a number of organizations around the the, the nation, I go into hospitals, and in particular, emergency rooms, and I teach doctors, um, and, and when I say go in, that is I bring in doctors who work in emergency rooms, and I teach them, how to be more empathetic, how to be more compassionate with the families of those that are about to die. So before COVID, I was traveling around the nation. I think uh, I I was on a national tour. I did Delaware. I was in Houston at the cancer hospital down there. I went to Minneapolis. And we would bring these doctors in, and I'd be giving a scenario, and, and I would be teaching them how to, um, you know, how to act with empathy. And what you find is that when doctors include that with, uh, in addition to all of their medical stuff, when they are using empathy with families, what we are finding is that it makes it um, far, far easier to make medical decisions, whether the doctor has to make it or the family has to make decisions about their family members. And it makes it um, a more uh, humanistic type of um, uh, engagement. You know, uh, we are de- it's humans dealing with humans. So I am now teaching medical students how to deliver news, you know, about, um, uh, about, about their COVID family members. I am loving this, and I'm feeling it all ties in with my artwork. It's all about giving back. It's all about being on an authentic level. And then that brings me into the program I'm launching, which is called Intentional Roots Conversations. And this is going to be about deeply rooted talk from making it through these shifting times. And uh, we need to talk one-on-one. So, you know, that podcast that's going to launch next month, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to the human spirit. 
getting us to get back to the roots of who we are as human beings. Right, because I think that we are not going in a good direction. We seem to be losing oh. our humanity. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? Because we don't seem to care about each other. And, mm-hmm. and our education is lacking. We don't even seem to be thinking anymore. I'm telling you. At least you, that's my observation. You know, I, you know, I, it is. And, I'm, you know, I think mindfulness, you know, uh, doing self-reflection, meditation, it is so important now. And we need to connect with one another. Uh, you know, have real conversations, real conversations that matter mm-hmm. um, on, the, on the local level. Get to know your neighbors. Have real conversations with them. Right, you do workshops. Do do some of your workshops in, involve getting people together yes. and talking yes. about the way things are you right know, now? The um, I have something called um, a color me shape, where I have um, I have groups come together. They actually take uh, geometric shapes, triangles and circles, and they color them, and then they uh, lay them on top of one another to come up with a, a wonderful um, abstract piece. But the, 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 underneath all of that, while they are doing their, conver, uh, their artwork, we're having a conversation. The uh, last workshop we had, um, we um, talked about um, old celebrities. We talked about the celebrities, uh, those we used to see on, in the black and white movies, what that meant. And, again, it's about pulling the conversations together to get to know one another. And it is really refreshing for the soul, refreshing for the spirit when we have real deep conversations. So bringing my fiber art together with um, conversations, with, um, with the acting, it's all about the empathy and building upon the compassion to make us better human beings. Speaking of that, what the heck happened to us in the Capitol in Washington, D.C.? I mean, Ooh, Americans against Americans? <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts that was, on that? Did Americans oh, turn on you, Americans? That was, uh, you know, it's still tattooed in our minds. It's tattooed at the ethereal spirit, uh, ethereal spirit level. Uh, you know what the problem is? Folks need to be more reflective. They need to have more conversations with one another because if you were a bit reflective and had more conversations and you were more thoughtful and mindful and meditative, you, you would know that was not the thing to do. We can have our differences in this country. We certainly can. And we can learn to respect the, the, the differences that are there. But when you go climbing up walls and, and fighting and, 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 and trudging across the property that is owned by fellow Americans, that is absolutely ridiculous. With guns, That too. is childlike. Child life, that, yes. So that doesn't even, re- where's the common sense in that? Oh, and oh, that's, oh, that's oh. The they need to take we one of my art courses sense. and calm down. <laughs> we need, right, we need to start getting involved in creative endeavors. Yes, And really, yes, spirituality, yes. you know, more spirituality, yes. appreciation for uh, nature, appreciation for each other, appreciation mm-hmm. for the divine. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's crazy. Well, I'm looking now like a lot of people are angry and saying that their jobs are gone, but this is an opportunity. If you look, it, it's your perception. 
it's to, depends yeah. on how you perceive things. It's a yes. it's a, a opportunity to say what can I do that I've always wanted to do, yes. but I had a job. But what am I good at? Am I skilled? Yes. Am I a craftsman? Am I a builder? What can I do that maybe brings a profit? You know, I think well, that you know, as we're looking at the, the 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 demise of industry, the demise of things, uh, of systems we've come to know. Oh, of course, that's sad. The entire nation is mourning, and we're all attempting to heal from the, this 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 virus. I also see it as an opportunity. Okay, yeah, if that has failed or not working anymore, what can be created? What new? can be created exactly. and delving into that. You know, what, what can we, you know, the, the woman who um, I believe she's the CEO of Zoom, you know, before COVID, you know, people were using Zoom, not going to take that away from it, but suddenly it soared and it has given, um, you know, uh, right away for other platforms to be born that were not here right now. All right. So it's, and it's about us thinking um, it, it doesn't have to be something big. It can be right in our own neighborhood. What can we create? What can we do to provide a service? You can bake. I mean, you can bake. You can sew. I mean, there's things that people can do that you can write. There's probably writers all over the place that have stories oh, in them. Oh, yes. There's so many things that, you know, you if you, if you know how to craftsmanship or uh, electrical work, there's a lot of things that you just never – did that you do in your garage that you could make money from. Right. And we should I think you can make money from planting gardens and teaching people in your community how to plant gardens. I think there's exactly. money in that. Like right now I'm ready to spend money for that. You know, teach me how to grow some food in my backyard. <laughs> exactly. I can show you. Yes, that. it's it's about perceptions, how 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 we perceive, you know, and and it's about perception and putting, um, understanding the value of what you do. And not being afraid to let go, to try something yeah. new. We need, we need new laws. We're, we have all these uh, archaic laws that we're trying to do. And, and the Constitution is great, but let's have an addendum to the Constitution. Let's have new things. <laughs> well, you know, they did try that, but I think uh, folks put it on pause. But it's time to revisit. Yes, it's time to revisit the laws, revisit um, authority, authority um, folks that are out there. It's it's time for it. It really is. And it's time to clean house. I mean, we need to get rid mm-hmm. of some of these old timers that have been there forever. We need new <laughs> ideas. New yes, ideas. yes, yes, yes. So we're getting close to the end of the show. I know it goes fast. Uh, oh, my goodness, but yes. So I wanted to ask you um, if if people wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about you. You did mention uh, some of social media, but uh, do you have a website yeah. or are there other places? Facebook. Yeah, we're I'm in, right in the middle of revamping the website. So, um, but you can reach me direct at intentionalroots at gmail. Okay. That's intentionalroots at gmail, or you can find me on Instagram. Okay. At, uh, Alicia Fiber Arts. That's at Alicia Fiber Arts. And I think um, on your site, uh, Deirdre, you have some of my images, imaging there. Yeah, I was about to say that people can go to the Blake Radio and, and, and see uh, your art. 
I have quite yes. a few pieces up here that, and also learn a little bit more about you in other ways. But also, yeah. um, I guess we're we're at the end, and and uh, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for being my guest today. And oh, and thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Intentional Roots. It should be very interesting. Yes, and yes, yes. Intentional Roots, I say, deeply rooted talk for making it through these shifting times. And, you know, the first show where we're going to be focused on the power of pause, mm, taking a look at it, menopause, and I've got a number of um, nutritionists and holistic doctors on, on board. Um, we're going to be looking at something I call the happiness factors. Then we're going to look at something which is called Spiney Hill, Spinney Hill used to be an African-American community here on Long Island, and it is now, I believe, a, a number of corporations and, 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 and retail stores hang all along the, the thoroughfare of what used to be of an African-American and Native American community. So there's some people um, who are still around who remember Spinney Hill and um, Urban Nature Walk. So we'll be talking about that, and people say, well, what are you talking about? I don't live in the forest, but you live in a, a park. What does it mean, and how does it impact you when you mindfully take walks in your local park? So I want to thank you so much for having me, and it's so great to connect with your audience. Well, and you'll be doing some of that next month, so welcome to the Blake Radio family. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, well, the clock has ticked down, and we're at the end of our show. And, again, we thank Alicia Evans for being our guest today and sharing your her adventures. After all, life is an adventure, and there is a lot we can discover about our world and ourselves. This is the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. Again, my guest today was Alicia Evans, is Alicia Evans, and I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler, thanking my listeners for making my topic topically yours. And we're going to end the show with co-op. Yes, and you know, well, we should live in cooperation rather than yes. competition. Oh, so here we go. Again, co-op by Jeff Suttles. Jeff Suttles. Radio Network, Rainbow Soul.